healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Tony Glass the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And we're so happy to have you back down here in the basement. I am happy to be down here in the basement. Um, it's sort of in a state of disrepair, but it is, uh, it's usable. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it'll do. It'll do in a pinch. Um, we're used to working in adverse conditions from time to time. Uh, got a great podcast for you today. A, um, sort of deep <laughs> podcast up, up front. Um, we're going to be talking about Kajibane's Child Queen um, with my friends Marcus and Marcus. And um, But uh, before that, uh, on Friday, a lot of things happened this week, man. And, um, you know, one of them, like, our friend Phil Cook was back in t- town. And it was much needed because on Friday, uh, news broke that Anthony Bourdain had committed suicide. And um, as somebody who is a uh, – has been on the darker side of things before – and who has spent a uh, a lot of time in kitchens uh, in my youth and around these, you know, a, a wide range of people. Um, that this one hurt, and and it, and it's still confusing, and it's still, um, you know, what what do you do when somebody uh, sort of rises up out of the thing, um, the mess, and and then it's not, it's still not enough. Uh, he was at the the peak. Not just of his career, but also um, of doing good in the world. I mean, the guy, you've seen all his shows, but you, you've read about him uh, and read his books and seen him speak. Uh, you know, he really was one of the few people that successfully went out and tried to connect us all to a larger world and understood that I, I think the, um, the, you know, the joy or, or the real power is in trying you know we sit back and we don't do a lot of things because we're like well maybe it won't do any good and and you seem to understand that uh, it, you know even trying does good and it just was sort of a, a byproduct that he was so successful at it uh there was a he, he became famous from a book called kip and confidential and um i want to play a little quote from this because this is where i sort of came to him as a convert uh, because, like I said, you know, you work in a you work in a kitchen. You you sit down here. You do a podcast. You um, you do whatever. You have a team, and um, sometimes teams can be scrappy. Sometimes di- very disparate people, but uh, you find a way to work together. And that um, just my time in kitchens is that's informed my life uh, forever. And to hear him talk about it uh, so succinctly. Um, this is one of my favorite sort of passages or quotes from any book ever. So, uh, we'll play a little bit of that for you before we get to Child Queen. So here's, here's Anthony Bourdain in his own words. So who the hell exactly are these guys, the boys and girls in the trenches? You might get the impression from the specifics of my less than stellar career that all line cooks are whacked out, moral degenerates, dope fiends, refugees, a thuggish assortment of drunks, sneak thieves, sluts, and psychopaths you wouldn't be too far off base. The business, as respected three-star chef Scott Bryan explains it, attracts fringe elements, people for whom something in their lives has gone terribly wrong. Maybe they didn't make it through high school. Maybe they're running away from something, be it an ex-wife, a rotten family history, trouble with the law, a squalid third-world backwater with no opportunity for advancement. Or maybe, like me, they just like it here. They're comfortable with a rather relaxed and informal code of conduct in the kitchen, the elevated level of tolerance for eccentricity, unseemly personal habits, lack of documentation, prison experience. In most kitchens, one's freakish personal proclivities matter little, if at all. Can you keep up? Are you ready for service? Can I count on you to show up at work tomorrow, to not let the side down? That's what counts. I can break down line cooks into three subgroups. 
You've got your artists, the annoying, high-maintenance minority. This group includes specialists like patissiers, the neurologists of cooking, sous-chefs, butchers, garde-manger psychos, the occasional saucier whose sauces are so ethereal and perfect that delusions of grandeur are tolerated. Then there are the exiles, people who just can't make it in any other business, could never survive a nine-to-five job, wear a tie, or blend in with civilized society, and their comrades, the refugees, usually emigres and immigrants for whom cooking is preferable to death squads, poverty, or working in a sneaker factory for $2 a week. Finally, there are the mercenaries, people who do it for cash and do it well, cooks who, though they have little love or natural proclivity for cuisine, do it at a high level because they are paid well to do it and because they are professionals. Cooking is a craft, I like to think, and a good cook is a craftsman, not an artist. There's nothing wrong with that. The great cathedrals of Europe were built by craftsmen. They're not designed by them. Practicing your craft in expert fashion is noble, honorable, and satisfying, and I'll generally take a stand-up mercenary who takes pride in his professionalism over an artist any day. When I hear artist, I think of someone who doesn't think it necessary to show up at work on time. More often than not, their efforts, convinced as they are of their own genius, are geared more to giving themselves a hard-on than satisfying the great majority of dinner customers. Personally, I prefer to eat food that tastes good and is an honest reflection of its ingredients than a three-foot-tall caprice constructed from lemongrass, lawn trimmings, coconuts, and red curry. You could lose an eye trying to eat that. When a job applicant starts telling me how Pacific Rim job cuisine turns him on and inspires him, I see trouble coming. Send me another Mexican dishwasher anytime. I can teach him to cook. I can't teach character. Show up at work on time six months in a row, and we'll talk about red curry paste and lemongrass. Until then, I have four words for you. Shut the fuck up. Um, Anthony Bourdain there, that, that quote is from, like I said, his, his first book to put him on the map, uh, in confidential. If you have not read this book, um, go out and get it. If you have, um, if you spent any time in a, in a kitchen, then you, uh, this is becomes like your Bible. Uh, and you know, it, it much like a series though, it, it lets you know that, uh, there are other people out there like you, like that idea that. You know, you do this because uh, maybe you're broken, maybe you're on the darker side of things. Or even when he's breaking down, like, the types of people that come to work there. It's all um, it's all a weird, like, distillation of creativity, the good and the bad of it. And sometimes um, the bad and the darkness uh, take over. I don't think you ever actually... Well, I know you don't. You don't ever actually shake that darkness uh, and... Um, and uh, Unfortunately, uh, he he couldn't, and it chased him down, and uh, and then now we're in a world without him in it, which uh, which sucks. But um, you know, maybe the hope is is that people will see what he did and understand what he did, and not just you know try to carry on the work, but uh, but fight a little harder to get to the the. Uh, get to the light i mean it's not easy i'm talking to you right now there's a snafu um i'm on medication for anxiety and uh and it ran out so i've been a day without i'm uncomfortable um but i you have to um nobody can tell you how to deal with with things that are wrong in your brain and just because something's wrong it's not even the wrong words it's it's just a little different rewiring and you need to um and I don't know how to tell you to do it, and I'm not going to pretend to, but um, the goal is to find a way to come to peace with that and find those stop gaps that will keep you out here uh, with the rest of us uh, because we you know, we need you. We need all of you. And, um, and yeah, that's that's about it. That's about it for, uh, for Anthony Bourdain. So uh, our our heart goes out to his family and, and friends. Rest in peace, chef. Uh, and that we are going to get on uh, with some of my friends talking about uh, uh, another artist who is lighting up the world, Kaja Bonet, her new album, Child Queen. So let's head on down to the basement.
it's it's July. By July. the way, He's okay, like I'll be out there in time. August. All right, cool. You guys ready to talk about some kaja? Yeah, I can see you were kind of itching. So no, I, I wasn't. I was actually itching because it's hot <laughs> as fuck down here. No, but that's it the, is. Look, no, when the, people when people talk about DC, yeah, and they're like drain the swamp. I guess what people don't really realize we and you're from here, even though you're from the big city now, Mister <laughs> Moore. But it really is a swamp, yeah. and we're in one of those times. Did you just do dueling banjos? No, I said in New York. <laughs> okay. Man, go ahead, man. Landover all day, y'all. <laughs> Landover. But, uh, but 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 it really is a swamp, and this time of year it is. Uh, it, it goes from like nice and cool to like eight billion degrees and sweaty. I apologize because we're in that right now. This basement was nice and cool until I opened it up, but that three thousand percent humidity. Fucks everything up, but I'm glad you made it, sir. Hey, of course, I'm man. I'm glad you made always, it, sir. Always it's it's always. I know, I know you've been busy. I know you've been like doing important things, working on the Kendrick book, talking to lots of people, and uh, and then doing the band camp thing. Yeah. Um, also glad you could make it uh, beef dowling. You know, <laughs> shout out to Gregory Jones. <laughs> Or that's 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 what I'm gonna call you from now on. <laughs> the building. What's up, out. beef? I'm good. I'm really uh, good. I can't complain. Yeah. Uh. Y- you know, we. I believe it was us three talked about Kajabone the last time. Yes. And yes. you were the one that turned me on to her, and I. I remember you played me. It was the visitor in 2016, and I just heard it. And I'm like, hey, this sounds like everything I used to like. As a kid, that I didn't think people made anymore. Uh, for the people who are not acquainted, uh, she is a Los Angeles-based multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, producer, uh, artist, graphic designer. Like you name it, she does it. Um, the aforementioned visitor came out in 2016. People loved it. I think we loved it. I can't remember if we all unanimously. Were I like, gave it a seven two on Pitchfork. Oh, right. Did you, you write did, it up? Yeah, you wrote the review. <laughs> you wrote the okay. review, That's and then right. and then I think it became like a six eight on Pitchfork. Oh. Because, you know, that's how those things go. As but, things go, uh, that's what happened. Yeah, it's like a six eight. If you look at pitchfork.com. Since that time, uh, she's been working on this new album, Child Queen. Uh, she recorded it uh, over the past two years, uh, pretty much all around the globe, and and she could do that because she did everything herself. Uh, she it was written, it was played, it was produced. She mixed it. Uh, she is, you know, the uh, the polymath, if you will, the true polymath, mm-hmm. and can do all this stuff. Um, I want to I want to play the first single off this, and then, and then we're going to get into it um, because I think this. Uh, I'll say this off, off the top of my off the top. I think this is an important album. Whether or not it's good remains to be seen. It's important. It's important to the time stream of music and what's going on. But uh, this song. Is is the jam? This was the first single, and this is Mother Made. You're the man you temper leaves. You're the air that leaves my lips as I make mention of you. You're the thought wrapped in my head. You're the ink that leaves this pen as I write all about you. Magic reverie 
Mother Maybe. Um, there's artists that we've talked about down here and haven't talked about, but uh, Laura Mavula is doing stuff. Uh, Adrian Yoon. Uh, he's he's on this tip. to Adrian Yoon. Like, uh, you go back through the history of music. People like Alice Coltrane is up in here. Uh, Maria Moldar, Midnight at the o- Oasis. Now, you don't want to listen to that song, but you want to listen to all her other stuff because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, even people like Laura Nero, Petula Clark, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it's it's a it's a classic sound, and I would honestly go as far to say it's a classic like California sound. It's it's uh, it's cinematic, right? Laurel Canyon soul, maybe is what I call it. Maybe. So so, how do you feel about this album? Okay, so there's like three people in R and B that I feel like people should be very much concerning them, their their time and energy with. SZA, there's Zania Rubinos, and there's Kaja Bonet. Um, and they occupy a spectrum because there's a big broad spectrum now because as Marcus can tell you from working at Bandcamp, um, every like really talented, smart black, you know, woman or soul adjacent, you know, vocalist, producer, writer is getting an opportunity right now. It's a time, mm-hmm. it's a space. There's a, there's a place for it and people are open to it. But, um, the thing that creates a spectrum there is that SZA makes pop songs, no matter what, like she could be trying to not make a pop song and she can write a pop song for Cardi B that doesn't sound like a pop song, but it works in the popular aesthetic just because she nails people's feelings. Uh, Zinnia Rubinos, if Rihanna had never happened to her career, could be a massive underground, independent pop star because she makes music that's big. I thought she's pretty good size underground pop but star. She could be. she could be big. She could be like at the top. I think that's coming. But oh yeah, but yeah. I, I, that's but what I'm saying. She packs them out. She packs them out. Right. Yeah. She could pack a room. She makes mm. songs that pack rooms, yeah. and she she has a vibe that packs rooms. Like when we went to Songbird and saw. Yeah, I mean, if you remember when we went to that show, actually, that that the, the uh, audience was a typical DC audience. They're being kind of rude yeah, in the back talking, but there were ten people up front, and she said, "Fuck it," and played to those ten people right. like a motherfucking superstar. Yeah, and that is why she's. Right, gonna win. But at the same time, sorry, just, yeah, no just problem, a quick aside. Rock and roll. Where a second, I also uh, saw her uh, open up for Moses Sumney yeah. at the Music Hall of Williamsburg, and that's totally her audience. Yeah, that was Williamsburg. You know, jam. probably people came out from like Fort Greene and all that, and it was like everybody was just attentive, just looking at the stage. No one was paying attention to anything else that was going on. Right. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and then there's somebody like Kaja Bonet, who is way over in a corner. Mm-hmm. By herself, making orchestral jazz soul with clear cinematic seventies tinged influences. Yeah, like she's like boxed herself in, which is the very thing you don't tell artists to do <laughs> in two thousand eighteen because you can make every sound possible. Be open, be broad, make all the music, make make all this stuff. Kajibane is like, no, this is what I do. I'm going to put myself in a box. Don't come near my box. Don't touch my box. This is my box. And I'm going to own it. It's interesting because I, th- I, I completely agree with you with what she's done with the music. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, uh, and we keep bringing up the word cinematic, like this this is made for film work. And I, more, you've been sending me like a, like weird film scores and, oh, yeah. and sound shit. That's my jam. No, and it is. So and, the, and, it's, the, and it's amazing. The, Bolly, the Bollywood it, sex movie it's, one it, was, it's like It's like how I, I, I grew up just listening to John Williams scores. It's like you listen yeah. to you listen to movie scores and you get a very different uh, way to appreciate music, I think. And when somebody can actually make that without the film, because right? there there's no film to this, I, I don't think. No, there should, there should be. There that. should be. But like there's a quote. Where she says, I don't like calling myself an artist. I don't like calling myself a singer or even a musician. So from her perspective, she's she's not in a box. She does, There is no box that can contain her. And it's kind of... that puts you in a box. Well, it, well, it, it does. That's, it does because it's not... Nobody a, wants to mess with you. Nobody wants to mess with you. It's not a thing you should say as an artist, even if it's true. Right. But, but you know, I think it is... It speaks to uh, a problem that I have with this album is is because she's doing everything herself there's nothing there's there's no flavor except Kaja Bonet on this and it you really have to be invested in that particular flavor you yeah. know and yeah, and if you're not or if you just get bored with it you're just like well and and I and I don't hear many albums like that and it's hard to like actually say that because 
the work she's done is astounding. Right. I was for say, one or ten people, right? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say related to this point, we we mentioned mm-hmm. it over our G chat today. I'll ask you about this as well. Um, it's the same thing that happens to J. Cole, where J. Cole does the whole thing, soup to nuts. And when you listen to the J. Cole record, you know at all times that Jermaine Cole touched every part of this record. And like it bleeds that feeling every second. So with an album like this, like it's if you're not in that aesthetic and it's not even like and and that's and it's funny, right? If 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 Kajibone were an artist 40 years ago, the space that she occupies in the musical atmosphere would be respected in the same way that like somebody like Mm -hmm. Roberta Flack occupied a very and Roberta Flack occupied a space to the point where black people even had arguments about whether or not she was black enough because her space was so unique in the sense that like she made these pop songs that like sounded like California style pop but at the same time they were like really black like she released a song called Be Real Black for Me yeah and and and, like and we'd be crying more if like we were digging through the stacks and pulled out like a 1968 child queen in mint condition right Right, which is a, it's it in that yeah. I mean that's her aesthetic. That's right. where she's gone with it. But we've but we've gotten away from that now in the sense that like all of our favorite like soul artists of this era mm. kind of like paint very carefully between like very respected lines that have been created for R and B and soul music in 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 the in the in in the industry. So like somebody like her who's just like over here doesn't get that same listen. So it's like you have to when you listen to this record, and I explain this to anybody. Like I was talking to somebody about this record today, they're like, "Well, well, well I like this, and I like this." I'm like, "Oh, well, listen to Kaja Bonet," and they're like, "Well, well, why?" I'm like, "Well, if you don't have any connotation of what R&B music should be, and this is the one like to me, the one victory of this album, and, and victory of anything she does." Is that if you have no connotation what R&B should be, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people, especially people who like read Bandcamp, don't. They just don't. And it's not bad or whatever. No, it is. But they just don't. So if you listen to this record without that context, you're able to like hear all of the influences and they're not colored. So like you have this very like flat, appreciative thing. And to segue into the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Kaji that really sells her is her voice because she can like bend it around and that's the thing when you like produce a song and write it you produce write and sing your own music you know how to wrap your voice around the thing that you've used yep so and she does that so well yep it's on the, crazy on the second single uh here's a little bit of Delphine what's it mean Delphine Delphine
Delphine right there, super chill. And look, man, that is, uh, I was saying off my cow, uh, as always, when we're talking about an album, if it's something I don't like, the problem is pretty much me. <laughs> and, uh, not, and not, vibes, man. I want to ask you about, I to, seriously, I want to ask you about the vibes. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. But this just like randomly yeah, occurred we, to me. Yeah, we do want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's the fact that you always, not that you're anti-vibe. I am anti-vibe. Okay, so you're anti-vibe. Well, hold on. Let's stay there. Why? Why are you anti-vibe? <laughs> so, but I wanted to ask about here, this album because this album is like totally mm, its own vibe. It's it's a vibe. So be clear what we're talking What was the album that I really, oh, it's SZA. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, it's stuff like that I don't like. But like, for example, King is vibing. But they're great songs, right? Okay, but I, I see but, what you're but, but it has a vibe, and that's what I'm just like, nah, I can't be doing that. And because I, I get the I get the place for it, and I, I don't I don't listen to music passively. I listen to it like very actively. It has to be like doing something in front of me, and uh, and I let other people play like at a party or something. Okay. The passive music. So not just like a, a not just where they're trying to find, they're trying to catch the vibe. Right, 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 right. Oh, I can respect that. Right, right, right. I if you want to set a mood, right. And, yeah. and, and, and I think the difference is, is like what I grew up on a lot of the old R and B, especially female singers, R and B was vibey and stuff, mm-hmm. but they also, it was fucking Roberta Flack. It was a song. Yeah. yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. Instead of somebody who's like, they're doing a thing, but they're not doing the thing. And, right. uh, I can respect it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, but yeah, and, that, and that's the difference. And I, I think she's doing the thing here. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the, the, uh, like you said, the Laura Nero, Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger. Oh, uh, you could, Shirley Bassey always with me with, with her. Yeah, like, you always know, pops right, right I mean, in my head. And also, to me at least, it's probably an easy answer, but I got some really strong, like, mini Ripperton, Perfect yeah. Angel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the deluxe version where you you can hear, like, Minnie and Stevie, like, vibing <laughs> on different <laughs> songs yeah. and extending cuts. That's yeah. what this reminded me of as right. well. So how do you feel about this, Mr. Moore? You know, I think... I think it's a step up from The Visitor, and I really like really? The Visitor. I thought The Visitor was great, but at the same time, and I even think you touched on this in the podcast and in your review, Dowling, where um, you said that it's a good record, but you can tell that there's something else. Like, you know, that that's not the album. And I feel like this is her album because something we haven't talked about yet is that uh, Anderson Pox shouted it out. Yeah. yeah, to the point where I think he's even releasing it. It's a co-release between Fat Possum and his label. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. yeah, so it's like that's another artist where it's like, yeah, it's R and B, but he's also doing all these other things. He's and another it, prickly pear, right? And in, it, the, in the game, but it also goes back to your point where I feel like we're we're in this beautiful time of music where people like Kajibane, Anderson Pac, and Moses Sumney can just do a thing. Yeah. And it'll find the right ears because people are receptive to this kind of music now. Like, I wonder. I wonder though, even if if it's not if it's not necessarily that, it's that they the opportunities are. That's why I said that I think this is an important album. More, it's an important time that it can even come out. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I can't lay this down in front of just anybody and be like, "Here you go." Same way, and sadly, and look, I'll unfriend you if you don't like Moses Sumner. That's just the thing that happens in real life. But it's like real. you can't like I can't lay that down in front of just anybody, so, and they're like, and and so that 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 this is happening is spectacular. Yeah, and that's the thing, especially with this record. And you you bring up a good point where it's it's definitely an acquired taste, but I feel like once you put it in front of people to say, hey, listen to this, mm-hmm. you know, this Kajibone's voice is amazing. What she's doing with the arrangements are outstanding, but. It is a very dedicated set of ears that it's going to reach. So it's going to reach like the NPR crowd, the Bandcamp crowd. Like I think Pitchfork's probably going to do a thing with it. So it's going to reach a certain audience, but it's also going to be up to her, honestly, to open herself up more to do more performances and to work with more people. So that way she's getting her art in front of more folks. Are you saying there has to be a narrative? No, well... (laughs) It doesn't. So. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a narrative, but at the no, same time, you have to. You know, I, the thing is, when I'm covering somebody's art, I'm always going to reach out and say, like, "Hey, listen, I don't want to misrepresent anything you're trying to do." But if you're purposefully like not trying to help with the narrative, then what am I supposed to do? Right. right. 
you know, that's always my thing. Just as the, a journalist, like, of, look, I don't want to get it wrong, but help me get it right. Yeah. The idea for a lot of artists, though, is that in that case, is that the art should speak for yourself. Which sure. I think we all down here actually believe in in oh, a no. totally pure Thoroughly. world. That that's it. Um, but also having like just interviewed people and like the type of people you're interviewing right now more. Mm-hmm. It's fun talking to people about that, and and when it's done, and when it's done well. It's fun to hear what somebody has to say about their own yeah, art. Because you find out that these people are like super regular. Like you yeah. have to, you've crafted this this narrative in your head of like, oh, well, you were in this space when you created it. And they're like, no, actually, no, I just had trouble falling asleep. So I just made a record. Yeah. I wanted to add something related to what you said. Mm. Um, I feel like regarding these songs hitting the right ears, um, I wrote something recently about the Kendrick thing where Kendrick wins a Pulitzer for the album. That's the lesser of two evils. Um, you know, like damn is not to move a butterfly and damn gets the, right. the Pulitzer. And to me, it's the thing where for like this alt left black, you know, musical audience, like it has to hit literally the right ear or else it doesn't work. And I feel like people can hear a Anderson Pock record. Because there's so many like, you know, like hyper musical things that are happening. Um, to be perfectly frank, if Brianna didn't hear the Moses Sumney yeah. and have it connect with like growing up alt weird black girl. Brianna where Younger. She grew up, for Brianna our Younger. Listeners. Yeah. Brie hadn't heard that. I don't think a lot of that narrative would have resonated with people the way that it did because it opened it up in a sense where like, oh, I like weird music too. But sometimes you need right. you need uh, not not a, a gatekeeper because I think that's also bad. But no, you just need a friend. To, yeah, to walk and you then, through but it, the man. thing with but the thing with Kaja is that Kaja makes a style of music that like one percent probably of people who like music, and this is honest to God, real facts. One percent of people that like music, probably less than one percent, like the triangulation of music that she likes. When she sits down to make music, like likes it the way that she likes it. Yeah. Like I can imagine if you play, if you sat with Kajabode and you played, you know, like the theme to Goldfinger yeah. for her, she would be like, <gasps> it would be a moment. And for like less than 1% of the musical population, they, they get like orchestral dynamics, like dynamic orchestral stuff. Like if you hear like Delphine, it's like a dynamic song, it like fills. Like you were talking about playing it in headphones, which is amazing, by the way, Kevin. You yeah, should. yeah. Where it yeah. fills, it like opens up. It's like right here in the middle mm-hmm. because she mixed it, so I can tell what she did. It's like it opens, starts here, and it does this. It just expands, and then it just hits this point, and it stops, and it just does this. Yeah. And you're just like, Whoa. and that's true artistry at work. Yeah, and, and but I mean, it is like look the 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 basic syllabi is so you got you got weird soul. Uh, that could easily find it could find its way in a spaghetti western, a Dario Argento film, right. or just uh, you say opening for Moses Sumney, or Moses Sumney opening for her. I think that's the like way. Like in a weird club, and and yeah. that's not a that's not a mix we're used to talking about. No, and I also <laughs> hear like some sixties uh, Brazilian like Tropicalia yep. in there too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a very specific audience, but I think again. I think we've talked around this where it's like she's releasing at a time where she's releasing her music rather at a time where people are here for it. You know, she just has to be here for the people as well. Right. It'll, it'll filter and hit the right person. I just would love to see somebody like doing something on like a a streaming service or whatever, find this music and, and put it as the score. Like, like I I just watch, I just watch dear, uh, dear black people or dear white people on Netflix. And to me, there's like gravitas in certain scenes where you could put one of these tracks in there and enough people watch that stuff now where that becomes a thing. And then it grows. Well, that's, that's, yeah. You know, yeah, I was going to say that's there. a funny story because my homie who um, does music supervision actually supervised um, Dear White People. Yeah. And we were talking about Kajibone. Right. And both of us had that same reaction. It was like, man, this is an amazing album. I love this record. It gets, it deserves all the accolades. But it's a very niche audience. Mm-hmm. Speaking of what you were saying, Kevin, where it's like you can put a mother maybe like maybe in the background of like a library scene. Or right. Something of like course. That. Yeah. But I don't know crazy. if you can like put Delphine or you can put a joint like right yeah. at the credits. Right. I mean, like to that. me, that's the way that's that's the best way to do it. Because yeah. her stuff. And this is about the album in, in, in its you know fullness. 
it's only like the biggest record. Like, I don't think she knows how to make. Okay, so like, the the thing about SZA is that SZA makes small music that with a big artist sure. becomes like, whoosh, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy crap! Like, consideration with like artist down the street X is like one song, but when Rihanna sings it, it's like right, right. Yeah, but but she makes songs with this like thing where it's like. The song is only the biggest song because mm. it's like the way that she like her attention to detail, her attention to craft yeah. is well, so yeah, I, like iconoclastic where it's like this song is massive mm-hmm. and you have to like treat it in that way because otherwise it just doesn't like, you know, size to size. It just is. It's not a good fit. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, the the, the thing that is great about Kaja is that she's slowly building her audience. Like when yeah. I think about her, I think about. Moses, I think about Shabaka, I think about yep. people who was like one person tells another person. Gregory Porter is another one who tells somebody Perfect else. Example of Greg, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's like then before you know it, like on the next record, you're gonna go to buy tickets to see Kaja at some theater, and right. you're gonna be like, damn, this should have sold out. Like, yeah, like, what's going on? So, so. It's a good point too. Bringing up Shabaka and somebody who you are a huge fan of. Oh yeah, I'm, I stand you know? for that. But yeah. I don't think I don't think. Uh, Either you or I were like the biggest fan of his last project. No, no, no. it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't. And and you know, we've talked a lot about um, artists who are like my favorite type of artist is one that you're like I don't necessarily love everything. You you might not even ever have a great fucking album like the album that's in you. Uh, you know, the opposite of that comes to mind is like car seat headrest, something like that. Mm. Um, and but but you do have this. Even in the stuff that isn't the best, there's this seed in the DNA that is like your your career. You can see further down the line. Totally, mm-hmm. and she's one of those artists. Absolutely, and yeah. So it's just like, do I love this? No, I, I, I mean I'll put on parts of it, and uh, and maybe it'll change when I listen to headphones. Maybe it'll change next fall. Like I say, it's you know this is smoky jazz lounge music. Uh, somewhat sad or soundtrack music yeah yeah i mean but i think it works i think yeah. it works in different settings but i can totally understand your your viewpoint on that because even in me listening to it it's like okay there's certain days when i'll put it on it's like ah, i'm not ready for it yet but then once i yeah. finally played tracks one through whatever i think it's one through ten yeah then it's like okay i can see exactly what's going on and this is going to be an artist who's going to be around for a while because she's making like Sadiq always says, making that furniture, you know, mm-hmm. that good yep. furniture where it's like you can still sit in that same old rickety chair 20 years from now. And it's going to feel just as good. Right. And I feel like that's the type of music that Kaja is making. Whereas if it's not going to find a narrative now, you know, years later, somebody's going to be flipping through the stacks and they're going to be like, child queen, what is this with the old 1970s cover? Right. Yep. They're going to drop the needle on it. And it's going to be like, well, what is this? And it's going to have another a whole right. other life. Yeah. So. so what was that rock album that we liked last year? That he hated. Foxygen. Foxygen. Oh, yeah. I totally okay. remember that. So Foxygen <laughs> happened yeah. because somebody decided, I'm going to give these guys a bunch of money to make a crazy record. Yeah. I want someone to give Kaja Bonet the opportunity to actually record with, with an orchestra. Well, I, I think... Like a full, actual, like, philharmonic I think that might be the key going orchestra. forward for her, at least for my taste, is... Uh, and like I said, what, to your point uh, about being ready for it, I... I, I can cop to I just don't maybe I'm not ready for this album for 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 it to land because I know every part of it is great and stuff but I do find myself wanting that like so instead of doing all the horn the arrangements herself hire an orchestra get personal interaction is what some music is all about it's meant to build a connection but I mean you can alienate you can build connections you can do a lot of things with this language but uh, we react best, I think, when it connects, right? And if it's just one person doing this isolated thing, it's it's sometimes hard to get in. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it just depends on the time period because, yeah. um, to your point, I mean, uh, the Moses record, since we're talking about Moses a lot, like his record came out in the fall. Yeah. Perfect and timing. it's the perfect fall record. So everybody was just going to be here for it regardless. Plus his music is just crazy. This is coming out in the summertime and it has some summer records on it. It totally feels like 
an L.A. record. Yep. But there are certain parts on it where it's like, ah, this is L.A. at night or this is like, you know, yeah. a thunderstorm or yeah. something like that. So it's it's one of those where you can definitely um, take different songs from it. You can take a mother. Maybe you can take a Delphine and um, you can get different moods from it. But I also think that speaks to the DNA of L.A. Where you can get any experience from yeah. Los Angeles that you want. You can go over here and ski. You can go over here and climb the right. you know, Mount Hollywood Trail or whatever. You can it's get a, a taco. You can get a taco. <laughs> you can go to yes. Gorilla Tacos. Do that, y'all. Go to Gorilla Tacos. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has a lot of different moods on it. But you you certainly have to be in the headspace to receive it. Yeah. And, you know, I think she did that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, cut to the end of this year, I'll probably be like, fuck, this album's amazing. <laughs> I'm waiting for this text. It's the best fucking album. And then uh, you'll be like, dude, I finally came around with Foxygen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, until hell freezes over. I have fallen off the I Foxygen will. tip, sir. It's fine. It's fine. Saying. That was a, that was a moment. That was saying. a great moment. But uh, great I, moment. I've passed up buying that on vinyl so many times. I just gave, I'm like, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. You listen to your friend from New York. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh yeah, but anyways, uh, that's the album. Uh, definitely like get out there, check it out. Uh, uh, if NPR doesn't have a stream on it, I don't. I, I, of course, they're going to. They will. Uh, it's going to be up on that little site that you're on, Bandcamp, sir. It will. Uh, Review by Brianna Younger. Oh, is she doing it? She is reviewing the record. Hell awesome. yes! Awesome. Yes. I'm excited for that. So, so that's, that's a win off the break. Championship. Yeah. So and then uh, and then uh, we'll probably be checking in on her in two years from now. Yeah, I know, yeah. And you're like, what's up? Gotcha. <laughs> Get him. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Haja Bonet's Child Queen is out everywhere now. Um, I think the reviews up that uh marcus moore was talking about um up on Bandcamp by our friend uh brianna younger hopefully she'll be back you know she's in here yeah i might have to dial her in brianna if you're listening i might have to dial you in uh, i haven't talked in a while but she is a uh a remarkable human she actually uh posted a great tweet i might put in the show notes about uh what, what i was talking about up front about dealing with uh dealing with the darkness and um and how it's never cut and dry and whatnot. Um, uh, she's a, she's a remarkable human. Glad to know somebody like that. Uh, they're out there, even even when this timeline looks to be the darkest and and to be honest, the dumbest timeline. It is the dumbest timeline. Um, you know, if you dig, you can you can find it, and I hope you do. I really hope if you're if you're if you're down, if you're looking, that you you do try to find it. One way that I try to do it is my cat, which you just heard Gus there, but um, I uh, I listen to music. I listen to a lot of music. I talk about music. This is, we do this weekly thing. I have my friends over, and it is a joy to connect with people in that way. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit more, getting out and talking to more people, but, um, you know, as somebody who is anxious, uh, I, it's hard for me, like, say, to go out in public, but, like, Friday night after Phil Cook's show, uh, you know, his thing is people are my drug. I had a remarkable conversation with a remarkable young woman who and I won't go into the specifics, but um, she found out a pretty tragic thing um, or it could be tragic uh, about about her and, and what her life is going to be going forward. And, uh, and at the same time um, was dealing with she realized that uh, a person that she was in a relationship, it just wasn't good. And, uh, you know, you see when things like that, things even as small as that can push you over the edge. And um, I didn't know this person at all. And we talked and and, and uh, shared a lot of, like, seriously personal stuff. And I hope um, that, uh, you know, she feels a little better about everything. Uh, I know uh, it changed how I thought about the weekend and, and the week, and, uh, but it was amazing. So um, I don't even remember your name because booze. We went to a show, but, uh, but, uh, but if you're listening, I hope you're okay. And, uh, and, and I hope you feel better. And, uh, and, but what I do to feel better is what I'm going to do right now is play songs by music, uh, by artists that I love. And, um, this guy Israel Nash is just, uh, 
Can't even. He lives out in Dripping Springs, his studio out there that's outside Austin, Texas, which is God's country. It is the most wonderful part of the country, certainly the most wonderful part of Texas. And, and he's just like this very spiritual dude. He's put out a few albums that we've loved in the past. We have joked on him for for uh, sort of robbing the vibe of uh, of Neil Young, which is fine. Our friend Phil robs the vibe of Ry Cooter all the time uh, because it is a good vibe. It's, it, it's positivity in the in the universe, and it is um, his new album, Lifted, is coming out in July. Uh, this is the first single off that. It is called Rolling On, and it is gorgeous, and I hope it lights up your day. So here you go. Uh, Israel Nash and the song Rolling On. Oh, she's a 
going on from Israel Nash right there. Uh, do you feel the vibes? Do you feel better? Do you feel good? At least for like, what, three minutes or so? Uh, I sure do. It is, um, yeah, I, I can't uh, communicate a little back and forth with him. And I, I met him after a show here in D.C. at D.C. 9. is one of my favorite shows of all time that I've ever seen. Um, simply because of that, that uh, light that he's spreading. I can't, he's going to be back here. Uh, I think in August, playing out in Vienna, outside Washington, D.C., and I, and I hopefully we'll get a chance to sit down and talk because, uh, yeah, I love the guy's music and I love what he's doing, and it's just, uh, you know, stuff like that can uh, can help make the world a better place. It doesn't have to be all challenging. It doesn't have to be um, avant-garde or, or moving the dial forward ever, uh, always. It can be just uh, stuff to help you feel feel a little better, feel a little little more okay and that's sort of what i hope for you at the end of this episode um if you like what you heard you can subscribe to us on itunes you can leave us a rating or a message there uh you can also leave us a message uh at podcastchunkyglasses.com and uh you know i look i don't know you and most of you don't know me but if you need someone to talk to uh email me there or email me at kevin at chunkyglasses.com i you know, I do love talking to people, uh, despite what I was saying earlier. But, I mean, it's uh, whatever, you know, maybe you just need somebody who you don't know to talk to. That's actually a thing. Because um, sometimes it's easier to talk to people about stuff than uh, that you don't know, than the people that you know and love, uh, for whatever reason. Um, you can then listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, or Stitcher. Uh, also on Spotify out there, uh, or on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. Uh, leave us a, a, you know, oh, when you're there, yeah, you can look at our live coverage. And Matt Kahn and Mauricio Castro and Avery Juniors are out there every night covering uh, the shit out of the DC music scene. Uh, everything that's going on in this town and, and beyond. Matt just did a trip to England, so a bunch of nerdy English coverage up there for you. Um, coming up in the next few weeks, I don't know uh, what we're doing. I know I am sitting down and talking to Joaquin Cooter tomorrow. Um, I know that, uh, and I know um, some point in the near future, I'm gonna have my friends back here in the basement. But uh, but that's the whole point, right? You don't know what what tomorrow is gonna bring, and hopefully, um, hopefully we can all roll with it, man. So, uh, yeah. Again, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, we are out of here. And uh, as always, be good to your ears, but really be good to your people. And more importantly, be good to yourself. Talk to you soon. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>